The Red Rum Theater, episode 118, The Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. Welcome to the Red Room Theater, where we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. We're your host, Ernesto Alanis. And Antonio Marino. And every month we look at one of the movies that helped raise us up. Glad that movie raised us right and raised us wrong. Today we have with the movie, we talk about a movie today called The Silence <laughs> of the Lambs. And this movie taught us really only one thing, and that is... Don't tuck your penis. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Winky. <laughs> Dude, they couldn't do that movie today. No! <laughs> it taught us. It taught us to beware of psychos. And it taught us that. It'll, uh, the, we taught don't us trust to, anybody don't that trust, wants you to get in their van. Don't trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. No one. Especially you live in the city, bro. Don't trust. Don't trust. Listen, okay, here. I know this sounds horrible to say out loud. Especially if you're a woman. Don't trust no man. No! Dude. We'll get to this. I don't want to hear no, I can do anything, you can do better. And then you get busted in the eye, and you're like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, first of all, this movie drops in 1991. 91, G, same year as Nevermind. Okay. As a kid, I had no business. How the hell did we watch this? No business watching this movie as a child. No, look, look. a child, <laughs> the child, the child. <laughs> can can I have the woman? <laughs> Mother to me, <laughs> her wife to you. Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> no prize. Uh, okay, yeah, that's the no prize. That's the no prize. What movie is that from? <laughs> Oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> if you can call that movie, man, I'm writing it down right now. If you can text us that, text us, Facebook message us, and if you get it first, you win the no prize for the We'll mention your name on air next month. So, Silence of the Lambs. <sighs> this movie heavy. is... It's it's this movie's been joked about in a bunch of films. Oh yeah, Jim Carrey's mocked it twice. Jay and Silent Bob mocked it, dude. It's it just it's it's uh, it's in the popular zeitgeist. This movie's so popular, <sighs> one of its characters has spawned two more films and a show, three more films and a show. Uh, uh, actually, a show that is um, award winning. A show people actually very yeah. much enjoy. This is where this movie is the reason I couldn't name my child Hannibal. I wanted Why to name my name son, son Hannibal because there was a name of a Carth- Carthaginian general who marched his elephants over the Alps to invade Rome from the north. And stinking, he took elephants over the mountains to surprise his enemies, General Hannibal. And I'm like, this guy's a stud. And and just like, if you name Hannibal. if you name your kid Hannibal, no one knows Carthaginian history. I never heard of that. Everyone would think Anthony Hopkins, The Sounds of the Lambs. Hannibal the Cannibal. Okay. This film is based on a book. He'd be, he be in class. What's your favorite food? Fava beans? 
<laughs> and a nice Chianti. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> there are some lines in this movie, okay. boy. Okay, let me ask you this. You're getting your master's. Yes. Watching this movie, doesn't this tickle your intellectual fancy, dude? Listen, this movie... Okay. This is a, like... I'm, I always joke around about being a dumbass, but I'm actually a pretty intelligent dude. And I'm watching this movie, and I'm just like, the scariest part about him is he's just so far ahead of everybody. He's a genius, dude. Okay, well, get to him. Woo! A movie like this, okay, this is movie's 30 years old now, right? 91 to now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 30 years. Yep, 30 years. I can officially date this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, 30 years old, and here's the deal. I don't know if we've gotten a, int, uh, a psychological thriller of this magnitude since that time. I don't know if we have a movie. Not from, one that messed me up. Like, that made me think like this. From bro. then to now, I don't think a movie has ever been. Like, there's a show on right now called, it's a show about a serial killer who is a father, and the son comes and talks to the serial killer father to get yeah. help on current cases. Yeah, yeah. The, the son's a detective or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is ripping from this movie blind. The, it is a... When I'm watching that, I'm like, what a ripoff. They even go into his cell and everything. I'm like, what? And people love that show. They, I don't know what it's called. It's something. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so here is the plot of the movie. You have a serial killer named Buffalo Bill. And the FBI try to catch him. So the FBI sends a... The FBI... So a trainee. The FBI sends a trainee to it. But and, she's like a genius. She's head of her class. And sends a trainee... To interview an incarcerated serial killer to gain information to catch another serial killer. And that's the plot. Yeah. And what's weird about this movie is that Anthony Hopkins is not the villain. It's crazy. Buffalo Bill's the bad yes. guy. That's who you're hunting during the movie. And you know this. But even though Hopkins is the bad guy, he's not a good guy. No! But I don't understand. Okay, so, Dude, I was eating lunch <laughs> and I was watching it. And he's like, I have to remind people who this man is. And he pulls the Polaroid out, and I'm like, thank God they didn't show what was on that picture. Yeah, they saved one of her eyes and retest her jaw. I'm like, what? And his pulse never got above 80. That's a very important part of that. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so, so listen, listen. We get, 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 we get too excited. Okay. My pulse is above that. Talking about this fool. I was nervous to watch this film. Bro, it messed me up again, dude. I'm like, I haven't seen this movie in 20 years. I'm nervous to watch it because I know it's a psychological thriller. And so you have many levels of psychological duress watching it. On one hand, you're looking into the mind of serial killers. And you're being taken on that journey through a... And you know what? This movie. Okay, so let's go to the cast. Let's be, okay. First, you have Jodie Foster. Who, Young Jodie Foster. She's. And I didn't know she was so short. She is, is a she? small girl, and they might get bit taller guys around her, but they make it seem like she's a. Scott Glenn's a big dude, though. Jodie Foster, opening scene that that, that incredible shot is her far away climbing, like running up a hill, and you it's realize she's strong and she's yeah, able. Yeah, she, yeah. She's at Quantico training to be FBI, and you see there are very few women out there. Dude, this poor girl, the whole movie, you're just like, Man. As a kid, I never even noticed that. Nope. That you see, wherever she goes, she is 
a woman in a man's world. Mm-hmm. In law enforcement and FBI, it's a man's world. There's a scene where they go for the autopsy. And That's sc- brutal. And Scott Glenn, to, he uses her to get the sheriff by himself because he's got to be able to let the sheriff down lightly. Yeah. So he's like, listen, I don't want to mention sex crimes in front of uh, the company. So they leave. And all it the makes other her cops. Look weak. It's weak, small, and inconvenience. Yep. What is she doing here? This is why women shouldn't do men's work. And whole, like you feel. She calls him on it, too. And she's right. And he says, point taken. He's like, you know, I was just doing this to do this. She's like. It, Everybody follows your lead. If, it matters. Yep. It matters. And she's, I was like. He, he's like, point taken. But he don't give a shit. He's the man. Yeah. But. He's kind of the man. You see her in a lot of environments she goes into. Even when she goes to the guy's office, the way, everyone on the way there, she's now an elevator, and there's all the guys in their sweatpants. And they just and stare she, at her. Because they're all big and strong. Because yeah. they're all literally, they're going to be, they're going to be men that stop bad men. Mm-hmm. They're all strong, run, and she is, she can run the course, but she's small of stature, and she's pretty. And they're not used to someone. Every time guys are always stopping and looking at her. Everyone she meets, the first thing they mention is her her looks. Yep, how fine she is. What are you, what are you doing tonight? Everyone's hitting on her all the time. Yep. You really feel she's trying to be. It's a, super uncomfortable now watching it. It was and it was then too though. Like she well, we is. We were little kids though. We didn't understand. We didn't understand any of it. That that subtext is really and it's not. It's not the center of the movie. It's just a, it's an added layer to what she has to go through mm-hmm. to prove herself and to make it. And Jodie Foster is great in this movie. She's so good. It's why I don't love the rest of the trilogy. Because when Foster leaves for Julie, yeah. Julianne Moore's great. She's good. But she's not Jodie Foster. No, no, no. And no. you admit. Ed Norton was great too, though. Ed Norton. And how about Ray, Ray Fiennes was great. <sighs> and that girl who played the blind girl was, was great. great. Okay. She was the girlfriend on Punch Drunk Love. Yes, she is. Love her. Okay, so this movie spawns Hannibal and then Red Rising. Dragon. Red Dragon. And Hannibal's a sequel. Red Dragon's a prequel. Then they did a movie called Hannibal about a young Hannibal Lecter when he was a kid. Different actor. No one cared about that one. Then they did the secret Hannibal TV series. That's four movies. And I didn't love Hannibal the prequel because it just, I, I didn't, I got to see it again. What's I the did, one with Leota? That's Hannibal. Yeah. Oh, that had Gary Oldman in it. And Gary Oldman was fantastic. Yeah, he was. And then you had the prequel Red Dragon, which I liked more because the opening scene of Red that. Red Dragon was Ray Fiennes. Ralph he Fiennes. was the Red Dragon. Yes. The opening and scene. the dragon tattoo on his back. Yes. The, and Phil Super Hoffman's in it, too. Oh, He's my a journalist. Gosh. Do you see? Do you see? He's like, I see. I'm sorry. Don't kill you. It is. I, dude, those are some, there's some intense scenes in those movies. The opening scene of Red Dragon. When Norton Norton's trying to figure it out, and Hopkins tries to kill him in his office, is a great scene. It's a great scene. But it was so. This movie spawns a whole universe of, of film and story. Okay, so Jodie Foster, she, I, I know, what, I am not a Jodie Foster lover, but I'm a, I, I, I enjoy her as an actress. I liked her in Inside Man with Denzel. Really enjoyed her in that. Um, I watched Nell. Uh, enjoyed. She was great in that. Oh, what else are some big movies she's been in her life? Panic Room. She, dude, Panic Room's a small film, but Dwight Yoakam was horrifying oh, in dude. that. He's horrifying. Dwight Yoakam's actually a really good actor. When bro. he is using that 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 sledgehammer so as like a crutch to drag him across the floor, that is a horrifying image because he's just he will not stop. 
and he do he gets he straddles her gets gets that that's hammer he's gonna crush her head dude what a monster he is yeah that movie kills bad, Jared Leto his own dude it's dude Whoa. poor Jared Leto man that dude gets killed in everything <laughs> <laughs> she and she, her acting in this because there is she let's go ahead and go the star of this movie. The straight up, a few good men, four scenes, steal the movie, star of is this Anthony movie. Hopkins. Is Anthony Hopkins. The, without a doubt, bro. And Hopkins that is... That dude spawned the easiest Halloween costume of all time. If you have glasses and you can't wear a mask, you can be Hannibal Lecter because it covers just the bottom of your face. Yep. If you have, if you can get an orange jumpsuit and you have a Hannibal Lecter mask, You've it's got the a- best Halloween costume ever. It's instantaneously, you know, you know it it's him. Even a silhouette, I know who that mm-hmm. is. Like it, because because when uh, prisoners or patients are so dangerous, you can't even let they can't even expose their mouths. And the way he acts with his eyes when his when he's masked up, all yeah. you see is that. Region of his eyes, he still he He's is horrifying, acting. Dude. He is his eyes are just on fire. Yeah, looking at you. So he even looks dope in his whites, dude. So he was in good shape in that movie. Jodie Foster, you first meet her running the course. You see she is driven. Great intro, but the intro for Hannibal Lecter. She walks, getting just, you hear about him. That, that, what an intro. Yeah. You hear about him. Brilliant. Be careful. Don't go near the cell. Here's what he did to the, don't let him in your mind. Don't let him in your mind. You're like, what is this? Who? And then she yeah. walks down this sad, last dungeon. cell on the left. He's in a dungeon. Yep. In this, in this cycle. wet bricks. And, uh, he, she walks down by all these crazy people, and when she, his shell is different. Yeah, everyone else oh, yeah, is every, bars. Yeah, he's got glass with breathing holes yes. in on the top and bottom, high and low. And when she <laughs> makes me think of the cook's guinea pig, or the cook's hamster would be in the ball, and you just hear it go down the <laughs> stairs. <laughs> she comes around. The camera is her point of view, and she comes around. And he's just standing there waiting for her. He's just. He's just. That is a power move. I've ex- I'm expecting you. I don't need to sit down. I'm standing here waiting for you to come to me. And their dialogue, <laughs> that, that back and forth, I don't think there's a p- point where he's ever not in control. Oh, he, from Jump Street, he's in control. He's Because she is brilliant. Jodie Foster is, she's top of her class. She, you see how, how uh, what's the word? Um pissed not pissed but like he like he was uh so offended that she was a trainee yes he was he's just like what why would you send why would your boss send you to me yeah but she is capable she's with him too like she's she she's behind him but I she's can't with believe him. how far he makes her go with her story dude it's great he he owns her, dude. He actually is kind of done with her, and when Miggs dishonors her, that's okay. The sickest, nastiest scene as I a child. That. I didn't know what was happening. No, I'm like, did he spit on yeah. her? Yeah, 
but he stinking masturbates. He blows a load in his hand and, and throws, throws a curveball at her. Ah, her. Got you. Ah, you're like right in the eyes, bro. Like, oh my gosh. That poor she's leaving. She's and she's shook when she's leaving because he And he calls her back though. And he, she runs to him. Before she, she leaves all shook because he she strips her down to her hidden past. Yeah. He is so observant and insightful. He he knows. Dude, he got her from the shoes she was wearing, bro. And her accent. Dude. He goes, I know who you are. He called out of the state she's from, bro. He knew where she was from. He was in Baltimore. And he, he's, he's like, we you're say, from West Virginia. Yeah, he's like, you're one generation removed from white trash. Yes. And he's ghost to her life. And you and you're this smart because you want to get away from that. You had to run away from that yep. world and and but, but got her. But you're deep down, you're scared. You're still that. Got her. And she goes to her car and she shook. She starts crying because she is a little girl from a small town, West Virginia, loved her daddy. And she she became so strong because she needed to get out of that world. Mm-hmm. She had to get herself free. It he rips her to pieces, dude. He does, dude. And she's leaving, and she you see, she walks, she's a little shook and shaky. And then Miggs throws that at her, dude. Yep. In her face. And he is Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter is so offended. Well, he gives he, her a clue. He was offended when she, he's like, What did Miggs say to you? And she repeats it. And he was like, then he's like, I can't smell it, but and then he he could smell her lotion that she wore he, and her cologne. But he was already pissed that Meg said that, so he's already protective of her. He doesn't he doesn't want to be when Meg does that. She all of a sudden he decides I'm going to treat her. Yeah, I'm going to give her something. And so he gives her a clue, and she actually solves it. So he gives her more. When she comes back in round two, the quid pro quo is the scariest part. Yeah, he's like, I will give you something if and you give, give me, me a something. piece of yep, yourself. Yep. And she was warned, don't let him in. And the first thing she does. But she's got to give him one. Yeah. Because he. He plays her like a violin, dude. He gets off on seeing what makes someone tick. Yep. He gets off on looking. And he, when he finally gets to the, like, the core of her, he, he, it's like he's eating a fine, he's drinking a fine wine. He enjoys. Yeah. He even, he thanks her. It was such a good meal for him. He thanks her for experiencing it. That was brutal. Because he plays her and she's so... And she doesn't want to go down there with him. She could go to her her, her father's casket. It hurt her, but she could say it very frankly and unemotional. She couldn't do that about the lambs. Mm -hmm. Because that experience marked her and changed her forever. That whole thing... About the lambs screaming was creepy, dude. I have farmer friends who say the slaughter of the spring lambs is a loud event because they 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 just are. Dude, when I was when I worked at a ranch in um, Dakota and we had to brand the calves, they'd and the thing is we are out in fields and you do one at a time. The, if you're slaughtering in a barn, it is all enclosed, yeah. echo like crazy, and they're just it's. It's literally a slaughterhouse. They're just one after another, dude, just spilling blood on the floor. It's... Jingo. Dude. But he revels in understanding who she is, what makes her tick, why she's the way she is, and understanding why she's so driven. She's driven to stop some of the demons of her past. 
And he, he, he and well, her, he he says to her, "You if you think by saving this girl that the lambs are going to stop screaming in your head, like and, that's not." And she even admits, "I don't know if that'll happen, yeah. but I have to try." Like it, it is, he is. As his, his intelligence is unbelievable. That show is a just a ripoff, dude. It's, it's listen, crazy, and the actor. The, the, I think one of the reasons no, okay, this movie is so brilliant because Hopkins is not the bad guy. So you're kind of like, okay, he's on our team, but he's not on your team. No, they're using him because he's he knows that world. He's broken mentally, but yeah. he knows, he understands that, like, serial killer mentality. And the fact that he, you think he's in your team, and you can't, it's weird that he became so popular because he is a monster. He is a monster. He almost makes it cool to be smart because it's just like, holy shit. Dude, it, it, it's, you tell us a book because the story is very, very involved. Like, she figures out the, the um the the rental place and go first of all there's no way in crap um I'm using a, a car jack to lift up a door five feet and getting into it and just rolling in and looking around a serial killer's stinking shed it is not happening I'm waiting till the sun comes out yep. and I got back up and then we're going together in the dark alone in it the is, rain bro it's, it's just not the, happening the scene is set just oh I loved his car though. That hers he had? With the curtains? Ooh. Jeez. Anthony Hopkins. So what, he was a psychiatrist? He was a psychiatrist. He, and he, he loved to... He loved to enter into people's minds. He... he and you go into psychology more later on how he ate people because he wanted to like... It, it's it's going to be a messed up human being. Um, and the thing is, one reason he respected one reason Anthony Hopkins respected Jodie Foster so much is because she wouldn't just tell him what he wanted to hear. She pushed back sometimes. Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, serial killers keep trophies. He's like, I didn't. He's like, well, yeah, you ate yours. Yep. Like, and she just wouldn't pull the punches. I'm not, I'm not gonna treat you as though you're saying. What does he? What does she say to him to piss him off? I can't remember. That, during that first meeting, she she tries to snap back at him, and he is like not having it. Right, and he ends it. Yeah, yep. And that's when Miggs, dude, Hopkins is so protective of her. He whispers to Miggs all night and, and makes him kill himself, essentially. Yeah. Drives him crazy, and he dies. Yeah. He ate his own tongue or something? He swallowed it. So, oh. They took my pictures as punishment. And they also put a TV preacher on TVN and He said, it as up. soon as you leave, they're turning up this preacher. And he's talking about how that guy loves to torture him, dude. I hated that warden, bro. Listen, the warden gets his. Well, yeah. So more actors. Scott Glenn's in this film. Scott Glenn is always, always welcome as a, as, as a sinking garnish on any meal. Scott Glenn is a small role, but he's good he's at it. He's a good spice. You have, okay, at Buffalo Bill, you have Ted Levine. Ted Levine's great. I know him from the show Monk. He's yes. the captain. He's awesome. He's, I can't believe it's the same guy. I can't believe that guy <laughs> got more acting roles after doing this role. I, I mean, he, dude, I can't believe he read the script and goes, oh, I can do this. <laughs> like, like, Oh, one thing I was going to say is that scene where he does the tucking. 
this song is awesome that's playing. I'm just like, I, I can never listen to this song, dude. I felt bad for that band. I'm like, your song got put on this scene yeah. of this guy. Dude, Ted Levine. Okay, we'll get this more, but he's Buffalo Bill, and he is a serial killer. And you really see he's trying to transform himself. And some people would say Sons of the Lambs is anti-trans, but Anthony Hopkins says this guy is not transsexual. He's broken far, far deeper. Like it's, it's not, he it doesn't know anything about who he is, and he wants to claim the trans thing to find, uh, find, to find some kind of meaning, but he is not trans. That's not what he is. So it's, this movie's not trying to blow up that community. I just, just put that in there. Just for I never, th- I never thought it was. I, I, I can see someone saying that it, it makes all crazy people seem like they're sexually deviant or whatever, but he just happens to be this and nuts at the same time. But Ted Ted Levine, <laughs> He's sick dude. Ted, oh Levine, man, dude, this, he played the hell out of this role too, boy. dude. <laughs> when she catches him. That's when he's trying to handle the card and he's just smiling because he knows, he knows the jig is up. He knows she's caught. Yeah, he he's starts like, laughing. He starts laughing. Like, okay, let's do this. <clears throat> now, you also have randomly in this movie, in the, as a newscaster, the black newscaster is played by, I can't believe it. It's played by the guy from That Thing You Do. Um, the secret doorman. Man, he's got a wild name. Oh, it's crazy. It's like, Oba, oh, yeah. Baba Tundi. It's crazy, but he, I'm like, I know this guy. See, I know him from uh, Undercover Blues. <gasps> he he's is one of the, Undercover He's one of the detectives, yes. the New Orleans detectives. Yes, he is. But I know him more from that thing you do. Dude, even the damn dog gets a credit. Darla as Dude. precious. Hell nah. So this movie, it's dark, it's philosophical, and I want to go into, I want to go into something. Well, before I go, what are some scenes, Tony, that that shook you as you watched this film? <sighs> the scene where he's thinking, "Are you a size 14? That's when he gets when he gets her into the van, dude. She helps him. He's got a cast on, and he prays upon her, you know, kindness. Gets her to help him put the chair in the van, dude. As a kid, and then he beats her down, cuts her blouse off, leaves it as a. Ugh. I didn't get and I. There's so much I miss as a child. Like I miss the whole he's making a human dress. The last scene when she's down in his lair, there are nightmares for days. In that there's the the random moth. He he grows them. Remember the bug guys are like, oh he someone loved him. They were creepy. Dude. They're bug people. They're bug bug people with PhDs, bro. They're, dude, the one guy with the cross eyes trying to flip with their dude. Are you hitting on me? Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they ran her graduation. It was great. It was great. Because they like, so this is a real clue in a murder investigation? Like, shh. Just nerds, bro. But, dude, that would be the highlight of your life. Are you kidding me, dude? They, they Plus, she's fine. They're like, holy crap. Now I sound like one of the assholes. <laughs> um, so oh, she's fine. They uh yeah those bug doctors were creepy dude. She walks into a room and they're I never noticed it. The skin dress is on a dummy. It's, it's, yeah, it's almost it's it's like it's like three quarters done. I'm like oh my gosh that's horrifying. That's and would you see when she goes in that house? She's in the hallway 
next to her on the wall is a butterfly, like a, a moth painting. I'm like, look around, see where you are. You're in this guy's house. And that, Why was he so into moths? Because moths transform. Um, it, he wanted, his psychological profile is he believed what he was doing was going to make him transform into something beautiful. And so moths do this. So he would raise them because he's like, what, what these things are, I am going to be. So he'd leave. So he killed the head in that jar. That was him. He killed that guy. There's a moth in that guy's head. He killed the girl they weighed down. Was, and that, like, that's, the fact that Hopkins tells them, you, everything you need to solve this, you're just not thinking right. And she figures it out. Her and her buddy figure it yeah. out. Her friend's awesome. In the basement, you see the, the flesh suit. Then you see the owner of the house. In what, acid? It, it, it's, I think it's something to... Corrode the body. Yeah. I mean, just... There's nightmares for days down in there. Dude. And then... Okay, so first of all... Dude, when the girl notices the fingernails in the bricks oh, and she starts sh- freaking out, then he starts... Ah, ah, he's like, dude, this... Oh, dude. my gosh. What does he say? What does he say? He's like... It puts this lotion on the skin or else you get the hose again. It's a rhyme, and people know that rhyme and say it. It puts the Joe Dirt in the hole. <laughs> all right, all right. Dang, I'll put on the lotion. <laughs> Dude, this movie has been mocked <laughs> so many times. So many times. <laughs> Let me get that auto trader. All right, fine. <laughs> so Joe Dirt, that Dude, isn't funny. Joe one. Dirt 2 is unwatchable. I won't watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> um, so then that, that climactic scene in this film, he has stinking, he has um, night vision goggles. Turns all the lights off. You know what's insane? Is that the reason he keeps them locked in there is so... He gets, that's why he wanted to know if she was size 14. He gets a little bit bigger women so that they start starving and their skin starts hanging. So he has more to to use. And it's just like, oh my gosh. He's effed up. He's effed up. So when she's in the dark, okay, have you ever been in the dark like that? Didn't know the room? Reaching around trying to find your way. Have you ever done that? You ever turn off a light and then try to like get somewhere in in a a, a stranger's house across a living room or a dining room? Oh, yeah. Trying to find my underwear. <laughs> You're stupid. I remember when we used to have a room together. It was me, you, and Jesus in a room together at uh, Glengarry. I used to get up at night because I wanted to listen to a CD. I was laid down with my bed with my CD player, my Walkman, and uh, it's just it's it's crazy how the world's changed. But we had a CD spinning rack. It was a little rack, and you spun it, and there were CDs all in it. And I would, in the dark, I would spin the rack, and I would smell. And there was one CD. It was a Rich Mullins song CDs had a certain smell, and I'd get to it. Yeah, that smell I, was called lame. And I'd pull that CD, and I'd smell it right, and I'd put it in my Walkman in the dark, and it would play, and it would be my, the correct CD. It was awesome. Stupid. But, dude, that scene with her, him watching her in the dark and just playing with her. She's that was knowing, brutal. That scene bothered me as a child. Like, what if I'm in the dark, and there's something here, and it sees me, and it's toying with me? That is scary in a way I can't imagine. And she is, she just sees that body, and then the lights go off. She's in a room with a body in a tub, in this awful cellar. But she has so much training. When she hears that gun click, dude, she just, like a muscle, 
That was awesome. Because she was ready and she was cocked. I, she, as a kid, I'm like, how'd she get him? As soon as she hears that sound. She knows she, where to shoot. She's like, boom, boom, boom. And she just yep. does. It's not she one. beats him. She unloads the whole gun, drops down, reloads, ready for round two. Yep. She is a trained FBI agent. And dude, he dies something fierce. Yeah. He just coughing it up, bleeding. So now, did she shoot a hole in the window that was painted yeah, black? Yeah, there's, there's a painted black window up in the top, like the yeah. base at the top, like those. Because so, it lit up. Yeah, because it was shot. Now we didn't even cover Hopkins' escape. Sometimes in movies, <clears throat> they do escapes, and they're really based on luck. Hopkins literally Hannibal. He's a genius, bro. He outthinks and outplays everybody, and he actually gets out. Thing is, dude. The minute he knew that he was getting transferred, he probably came up with that. I think that's the moment. Okay, okay, you know he's bad. And that seems when you realize this guy's a monster. Oh, man. This guy. He makes, is, he, he makes Buffalo Bill seem not that bad. Yes, he does. Like, <laughs> like, Buffalo yeah. Bill's the bad guy. But Buffalo Bill is like. <laughs> he's just a sick mofo. Hopkins, because he. Is sane in some ways. You kind of think, oh, he. Why does he weirdly love her? It's I don't get. What does he say? He's like, he's like, did uh, he send you here to to no for my last attempt? He's like, I came my own my own free will. He's like, they'll say we're in love. Like he's just, dude. He's so, and he dude. He draws a painting of her with a lamb. Do you see that? It's great. It's gorgeous, but creepy as shit. Oh my gosh. Careful with the paintings. Or mind the paintings. So he gets every time he gets he, he he wants more freedom because he wants freedom. He doesn't want a window. He wants to be a lot out yeah, in the yeah, world. Yeah. Oh yeah. He wants to be free. Yeah. He doesn't want to, he doesn't he doesn't want the birds. No. He talks all that trash. He needs the world to lay down his guard. So he, that building is empty. They have cops everywhere. There's no way he's getting out of there. And he finds a way out. And that way he finds out, it plays. You look at him like, you guy, yes. The, that, that, and I love this movie, let that scene play. They didn't force it. They didn't rush it. You are with the cops trying to figure it yeah. out. You're like, what is going on? It, it, it slowly reveals what's going on. And the reveal, man, is there some, is there, is there, what do you call that? When the reveal actually fulfills you what the reveal is satisfying yes when he sits up you're like what the yeah. dude you are he cut his face off g he's wearing a dude's face bro face and like the top of his head when he pulls it off then you hear he kills he kills the whole ambulance crew and, and a, a tourist he's a monster dude <laughs> he's, he calls her a congratulator on her graduation bro Hey, don't don't worry. You're not gonna trace it. I'm not gonna be on the phone that long. She says to her friend, though, he's not gonna come after me. He considers it rude. Like she understands. He she has, knows. He has he's, this. He, she's got his respect. He has. Yeah, he has this very odd morality system that he, he's actually, he's got a code he won't break. He's actually chivalrous in a weird way. But he is as he's as insane Buffalo Bill. Oh, but way smarter. Smarter. And I don't know why the one makes us like so grossed out, and the one makes people want to dress like him for Halloween. 
Because no one's Buffalo Bill for Halloween. No one's being Buffalo Bill. What would you do? Wear a geisha and tuck your peepee? <laughs> well, you could wear just like the no shirt, maybe like the low cut jeans. Look like thinking, um, uh, coming from uh, what's that band? Guitar. What band is that? The Darkness. Look at like the Darkness lead singer, dude. Wearing that open, like you know, those leotards with the open chest, dude. You can't be Buffalo Bill, though. No, I'm no I understand you can't. Well, I mean, Jay can. Jay saw Bob Strike back. Well, it's because it was he did the whole thing, though. <laughs> dude he's so funny this movie incredible tension movie has a great plot hot twists and turns great actors and characters in the film and it, Anthony Hopkins role as Hannibal it becomes it's so iconic bro he's that's the there, word dude. he's, a, he's there a, are some camera shots when the camera is a little with that up, slick bag hair man the camera's a little above him <sighs> and he is he looks up after he's killed everybody he's got blood on his face blood on it I was going to say the, the blood on his face was that shot is incredible that shot is iconic in american history as is the shot of him essentially on an on a stinking fridge truck He's on one of those like low stinking like uh, hand trucks. He's on a hand truck for people, and he's like tied onto it with the face mask. That is an iconic, bro. That's straight up Steve Buscemi on Con Air, dude. It, it is, dude. <laughs> he's on a dolly, bro. He's on a dolly, just being wheeled around, <laughs> and he's stinking messing with a senator because her daughter's the one in the hole. Did you breastfeed her? <laughs> Dude, he's a dog. Yes, I did. Why? It makes your nipples tougher. <laughs> You're like, oh my gosh. He he's a monster, dude. He's a and he gets away and he see at the, the movie ends with a pun. The movie ends with a It's the best pun ever. He's like, I have to go. I'm having an old friend for dinner. <laughs> and then you see the warden. And the warden Dude, he knifes Jodie Foster. He knifes the FBI because he wants to be... He even says... It's because of his quick thinking. He, All of this. He took on the news. This is my name. I my name? did this. How do you spell that? Oh. He also tells Jodie Foster when he first meets her that from a media standpoint, Hannibal Lecter is his greatest asset. He sees these people, like, I'm going to write a book about oh, he these gets, guys. He gets pissed because they're taking him away from him. He wants to be in the conversation. He doesn't yeah. like that they're doing this without him. He wants the glory. He wants the fame. And Hopkins is not going to forget what he did to him. And he goes for him, and he gets him. You know he gets him. That guy, that, that fool has no chance. He's that little plane in the middle of nowhere, and Hopkins is there. When he He's got, like, Hopkins is there before the doctor. Like he's there before the warden. He's waiting for the warden to deplane. No, dude, he's a brilliant man. Jeez, probably had money stashed somewhere, dude. And even the cops and the FBI—they all call him Doctor Lecter. Yeah, respect. He's nuts, and everyone still refers doctor. to him as a doctor. Yeah, because he earned his place. Wow, is this, this movie's incredible, dude? It's different than a horror. It's a thriller. It's like. It makes you think, like, what, like, it's it's brutal, dude. Gosh, this movie was great. Okay. Better as an adult than it was. Listen, as a kid, I just missed so many pieces. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, and I just understood you had to get, catch the bad guys. All I had, I didn't understand how evil I, what I was seeing was on the screen. So now, how can you support this show? Give us the money, Lebowski! You go to patreon.com slash redrumthetray. You can give a dollar a month, make the podcast go. 
Listen, we had a few people join up last month. Thank you so much for anyone who jumped in Did with we? a dollar. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll creep it back up to that $90 level. We do $100. We're going to start doing two podcasts a month. And listen, the movies are coming back. The theaters are coming back. I'm going in July to see Black Widow in the theater. There are nice. some movies I want to see in the theater. Straight up. Black Widow being one of them. I love going to the theater. I hear great things, and I hear the new additions to the Marvel Universe are great. I mean, I am for the theater. I'm for popcorn. I'm for the big screen. I'm for um, the speakers. I, you know what? I noticed last time I was at the theater that the, um, what's the one we go to? The Rave. The Rave is over Redenbacher popcorn. And so I found a, is it Myers and Walmart? You can buy tubs of movie theater popcorn. And for microwave popcorn, it's pretty stinking good. And it's pretty close to that because it's, it's in a tub. Okay, I'm going to say something right now. I'm not trying to try to fight. I'm going to say something right now. Oh, you a bitch ass. What are you going to tell me? Watching a movie at home is different than watching a movie in the theater. Durr! I'm going to say... Fred Durst! The movie, the movie theater experience is a better experience. Yes! I don't care how many annoying people are in the theater. Here's the thing. At home, I'll pause the movie. He's at home washing his tights. I will... Text someone during the movie. I oh, yeah. Be, in theater, I'm not. My phone is off. It's on. It's on theater mode. Well, when I'm at the theater, I've got my big ass cup, my Swedish fish, or my Mike Mike's, depending <laughs> on what mood I'm in. <laughs> if it's a really special movie that I've been waiting for, I get my Butterfinger ice cream Ooh. bar uh, balls Ooh. and a big ass popcorn, dude. And I tell any date I'm on, I'll buy you anything you want. This whole menu is yours if you so desire. But this large popcorn is mine. Is exactly how much I need to watch <laughs> this movie. <laughs> so the minute your hand goes in there, you're getting the refill. <laughs> like I just <laughs> like I if when I go to the theater, I I'm like, I'm not a pastor for two hours. You can't call me. You can't find me. I'm not the phone. I am off the grid for two hours. But if I'm watching a movie in my house, you interrupt me. You, the kids interrupt me. The dog interrupts me. Life interrupts me. The theater is an uninterruptible, awesome experience. You can just fully give yourself to the movie. and Especially when there's nobody else in there. Oh, it's great, man. It's great. So I missed the movie experience. Looking forward to Black Widow. So if we do $100 a month, if you guys and girls out there in Red Room land, Give to the podcast, we do $100. We will do one old movie and we will start reviewing new releases every month. So if you want, I'm into it. If you want two episodes a month, let's get to $100, everybody. We're almost there. 10 more, we, I think we have 10 to 15 more uh, patrons and we got it. So that's how you can get patron, patreon.com, or you can go to redrum.threadless.com, look at our t shirt store. We are actually working on a new design right now. So keep, we'll keep you up in the summer. I got a um, plug for a buddy. Oh, what you got, brother? Um, we've got a uh, good friend of the show, John Street. Let's see if I can find it. He was on a podcast, on a movie, on a, on a movie podcast. Let's see if I can find this. But he was, uh, they were reviewing um, Army of the Dead. Oh, wow. And... It's called Tiny Terror. Let's see. What is it called? Horror Movie Yearbook. 
Let's see what this thing is called. But sadly, he wasn't a big fan. Okay, the podcast is called Horror Movie Yearbook. And he is on the episode called Tiny Terror. They they talk about Spiral, Sons of Sam, Army of Dead. And he's a special guest on it. You can find it on Spotify. It's a good episode. John did a great job. But I have to disagree with him because I thought Army of Dead was the shit. And I thought Bautista was so good. And he made me tear up pretty bad twice. That's awesome. That, that's great, high, that's great high praise. High praise. Lastly, if you don't want to give give monthly to the show, give us a big fat if, ass check. If you don't want to buy any of our gear on uh, Threadless, you can just give us a one time. We got PayPal. we got red rum uh, thongs coming, <laughs> men and women. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Ernesto's <laughs> already doing the dance, his thong <laughs> dance. Um, now listen, raise us raise us wrong and right. Here's how raise us wrong and right this movie. Don't trust anybody. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I remember as a kid watching her go in that van. Even as a kid, I knew you don't get in the van. I my question was, did he know she was a senator's daughter? I don't think she did because I was she a, was she the target? Yes, because okay. he was at her place. He had the stinking. Night vision goggles on. He had that chair out to the van. He he knew her schedule. Okay. He literally walked around the world, different places in the world, looking for women of a certain size. Yeah, he wanted some uh, fourteen size. Yeah. Fourteen is what he wanted. He size fourteen, dude. That accent he's got is incredible. Yeah. Was she a big, great old fat lady? <laughs> yes, she was a bigger woman. <laughs> Jodie Foster. She's talking to so I'm talking to this redneck piece of crap. But that redneck piece of crap, though he's crazy, is smarter than you think he is. Yeah, he is. He's actually a brilliant murderer. When he gets her in, look at that girl. Listen, you never. Like, you know what's sad? Angel Angie as a, as a woman, if you see in Flint, if you see a lady with two kids broke down, you do not stop for them. No. I tell, and I I feel bad that I have to be this way, bro. Don't be a victim. I told my wife, listen, I can stop for people, but you cannot. And that's that's the world we live in. There are so many scams. Dude, there's a, a scam uh, my buddy got hit with. Um, he was in New York City. Had He was there visiting for a week, so he had money, this whole week's money in his pocket, all cash. <sighs> and he's walking, he decides to go get some liquor from the party store. So he goes down the street, and this beautiful woman's looking towards him. It's like one in the morning, you know, Midnight one in the morning, and she smiles at him. He's like, "Oh man, this beautiful woman thinks I'm attractive." Oh yeah, so, he's probably a douche. He's he's just a big old dumb guy, <sighs> and she's beautiful, and he's she's giving him eyes, and he doesn't notice the guy across the street that comes across to to meet, and when he gets to her, also there's a guy at his like stinking at his diagonal, there's a wall on either side, and he's between two people. One has a knife, one has a gun. Gives him your money. They clear him out. <sighs> clear him out. I was in Flint, and that happened 15, 20 years ago. I was in Flint, staying at my, my office to be downtown. I'm yeah. going to my car. I'm, I, I'm going, to the, going to the car, and there's no one in the streets, and there's this, and I'm walking, and I see this beautiful woman jump off, like pop off the wall, start walking towards me. She's a block away. And I'm like, and she's dressed nice. She looks nice. She's well, you know, well kept up. And she starts, like, she smiles and waves. And I think back to my buddy in New York. 
And I literally just, I'm like, there's, I'm, I'm not a beautiful man. Like, I, I'm overweight. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm not a catch. And I just stop and I look across the street and there's a guy in the road. And I'm like, I see you. I pointed at him. They just both run away. It was great, dude. I'm glad they abandoned the ship. I would have beat his ass and <laughs> robbed him. <laughs> Tony, I, listen, I, because here's the deal. The beautiful girl at first got me. Yeah. For a second, I'm like, what is she wearing at Bally's? <laughs> <laughs> but I tell, I tell Angie, you can't, because you see a girl with a, you see a girl with a kid, you stop, and it's all a setup, dude. And I tell Angie, you can't do this thing. I and I do stop. I'll stop to help guys push their cars out of the road. I'll, do, you know, I'll do things like this. But I do. Not, I tell Angie, I tell my kids, you can never. That guy with his cast on, you let him struggle and you get in the house. You not only let him struggle, you go, ah, <laughs> yo, she calls him a cripple too. I'm like, oh. And he he literally uses her kindness against her. <sighs> that mother scratcher. What's funny though, what I love is she's not a perfect person, the victim. The girl, because in the hole, she's kind of a brat. She's in a dungeon cellar, bro. But she's like, what do you want her to be in her best behavior, dude? She's calling her savior a bee. You save me, you bee. <laughs> well, she said, I got to leave you. That's the first voice you've heard. Yeah, you're going mad, bro. She's starving. Listen, I You love, ever heard of hangry? I love that she gets the dog. Yes. She's like, I'm not going down without a fight. And she, she's like, give me food. I'll show you. He takes the chicken bone and the bucket. She gets him. She did. She gets the dog, dude. And dog. he doesn't know what Precious. to do. He doesn't know what to do. Precious. And that's the thing I tell Lena about being a victim. Don't be a victim. I said, listen. And I hate, she's, my, she's a little girl. I tell her, if a guy ever grabs you and tells you to shut up and get in the car, you don't shut up. You scream, you gouge, you fight, you do not get in that car. Pull off his dang bang. Dude, I'm like, oh, you go for the balls, you go for the eyeballs. You go for the round and the soft. You go it's for the balls or you go for the balls, balls? <laughs> Dude, I, 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 she, she, she sees that, that fingernails in the, that's, that's nasty. Nasty. She freaks. She realizes people have been in this hole before yep. and they probably didn't make it. So she decides I'm not. There's a great scene in the movie. Red Eye. You ever see Red Eye with, yeah. um, what's her name? Oh, no, I haven't. Natalie Portman? Or not Natalie Portman. Uh, it's Cillian Murphy. And the girl from The Notebook. Yes. What's uh, her? Rachel McAdams. Yeah, Superfine McGee. <laughs> <laughs> That's her nickname. Yeah. <laughs> That's her stage name. <laughs> I, 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 I'm the only one that calls her that one. Uh, but uh, there's a scene where he knows her, and he's... He's on a red eye. The movie is only 90 minutes. It's a Wes Craven film. Wes Craven. Really? It is. It, it, the is it worth watching? Heck yes. Dang, I might check this out. Dude, this movie, there's no fat. 90 minutes, no fat. She had been raped. So she has this thing in her because she's been violated and victimized. And he's with her on the plane. And they're landing and he's got, he, she, he's got her. She's got no hope of any, doing anything else. And he says to her, talking about the rape and how, how did it make you feel? And how long did, how long did it take you to get, uh, how, many, how long have you been in meetings for? Sick bastard. The guy, he's just, he just grinding her down. He's like, and I know what you must have felt. You must have been asking yourself, why me? 
And Angie's goes, that's not the question. And McAdams goes, that wasn't my question at all. He's like, really? She's like, yeah. I always, I told myself never again. And she stabs him in the throat with a pen. And it is incredible. Way to ruin the movie for no, me. No, it, it, that's a halfway point. Because he does, it, it's, it is, because it doesn't, it's not like, it's not, it's not a, it's like, it's like gash. It's not like a kill. But dude, he thought he knew, like, why me? She's like, nope, never again. Like, I'm not a big victim ever again. And it Jeez. goes off the rails. You watched that with Ange? Oh, yeah, dude. She, she liked it? She's like, that's not the question. Like, he shows She he, knew? She, it's a woman she knew. Yeah. Like, it wasn't victim. It was like, mother effer, never again. Mm-hmm. In this, that girl, she was like, I'm going to go down. I'm going down fighting. Dude, there are sick things in the world. No shit. Dude, there's... I know. Like, that's one reason we loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood so much is because Charlie Manson didn't win. That his cronies, instead of butchering a pregnant woman and cutting the baby out of the stick and... Dude, in that movie, I remember thinking to myself, I can't watch this. I know. I can't watch them kill this woman. I can't watch them cut this baby out of her. It will, it will ruin me for my life. And when Pitt takes them out, it, I mean, it was laughter, cheering, even though it was bloody violent. It was so great. You, like, the flamethrower. I, 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 I talked mean, to older people who's like, I wish they would have stopped those animals. Like, if the people, I watched these old guys in the theater. It's like, I wish they would have stopped them. Like, you, you just can't trust people, man. No. And I, it's it's just a, this is a racist, wrong, racist, right at the same time. On one hand, it makes you safe. On another one hand, it makes you not trust a lot of humanity. You wonder what's in people's houses, what's behind their faces. Because there's some, there's, some, there's, some, there's some evil in the world. Yeah. Dude, we live in the city, bro. What kind of evil is it within a 10-block radius? We saw the saddest clip today. <laughs> that was horrible, dude. It and, was, that, and the saddest part is that that clip's going to get spun. That clip's off the internet. That, yeah. that, we have that because a cop goes to our church. This cop shows a clip. Uh, there was a shooting in, in Flint <gasps> during a Juneteenth parade. Someone drove up into the parade, started shooting in the parade, and a cop stops the car. Cop has a gun, tells the people, stop. And they stop the car. Put the gun down, get out of the car. And they won't do it. He begs them, get out of the car. Put the gun down. And you see this young man starts shooting out of his car into the crowd. And the cop has to shoot him. And you watch the car slowly. like Because his foot came off the brake. It coasts to a stop. Because his foot came out of the brake. And the camera, go, the, the, the person filming goes back to the cop, and you see him on the ground just crying. He didn't want to shoot that no. kid. He didn't want, it's not what a cop lives for is to be no. an evil piece of crap. He, this person was putting the, the hundreds in danger. Yeah. And he had to put him down, and he didn't want to. That was a sad thing. That was to, brutal. The end of that was brutal. When you see him on the ground, the other cop comes up to him and just puts his hand on him, because he didn't want to do that thing. Kill some 18, 20-year-old kid. Some 18, 20-year-old dumbass. I understand. But because that exists in the, the world. The worst part about it is, is that cop was white. And that's going to be brutal. And he saved how many people? It's going to be brutal. So because of this film. That's why I love being Mexican. <laughs> Dude, because I'm going to shoot some bull with my CPL that's killing people. Because of this movie, <coughs> we just, you can't, you, 
You can't keep a good dog down. Bow, wow, wow, wow. So, for next week, for next week, it is July next, next month. Next month. Next month is July. In honor of the 4th, we're going to do... We're going to listen to a Toby Keith song. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> we are going to do two... Uncle's Ham. <laughs> we're going to do two war films. So we're watching. You're going to vote on these movies. You can either vote on Born on the 4th of July, or you can vote for Full Metal Jacket. Both Vietnam-era Vietnam, films. Yep. Both, we already have a bunch of thoughts on them. So vote this month on which movie you want to watch. And we'll be back in July for... The, the Independence Day, you know, Independence Day. We'll be back to talk about Vietnam War. That's what we got going on next month. Now, if you want to uh, listen to the show, you can listen to us on Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or the Apple Podcast Store. Uh, if you want to leave a, a review, reviews help us get noticed. And whatever podcast you use, whatever provider you use, leave a review. Say, man, I like this the show. Give it a listen. Whee! Four or five stars we want to give us. That'd be awesome. Um, you follow us on Facebook.com. We put up some of the movies we're watching right now. Tony said Army of the Dead. He just watched. Great movie. I just watched Luca, the new Pixar film, which, listen, it captures the innocence of friendship. It is a good palate cleansing after the insanity of Silence of the Lambs. Friendship is rare. You know what? I might have to go back watch Red Dragon again. Just because. I kind of want to know. I, I might have to watch Hannibal and Red Dragon, the whole trilogy. Ray Fine's so great. Maybe Hannibal Bill I remember. I just going, leaving. Problem is, Silence of the Lambs is, is one of those movies that's like, holy you're shit. You're not getting, even if you catch, 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 capture, dang it. <laughs> even if you capture like fleeting glimpses of the greatness of Silence of the Lambs, you can't recreate that film. Some films seem so good, they're like accidentally forever great. This movie, listen, this movie's only an hour and 55 minutes long. And it. Only? That's, Listen, that's a long movie, G. But there are now. I mean, that was sticking two and a half hours. Yeah, but it had Bautista. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this movie, it moves through its story. Just, we're here. We're here. It, it just moves through the plot, and it's good. It doesn't waste any time. You're in this movie. I love that. I love that. So, um, that's what we do. Okay, so, as always, I'm Ernesto. I'm Antonio. And we'll see you next month at the Bedroom Theater. Thank you.